0: Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, will
1: there be any surprises in the starting lineup for the Atlanta Falcons? And the Braves wrapped their road trip on a high note. And Alex Anthopoulos isn't surprised about who helped him get it done.
0: And last but not least, and for the culture, it was a first in Atlanta, but now it is no more. That's all coming up next right now on ATL Day Ones. Let's go.
1: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts
0: now. I'm to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, T, pretty much the Falcons are, are, are going to be done with as far as guys that can come in and potentially start for them, right? So, NFL.com released their NFL, NFC South projections as far as who are going to be the starters in this division. Now, and going up and down this bad boy, T, I see some names that might be interesting. They might not be in there, but... One thing that I can say for sure, 100% that's concrete, the offensive side of the football, uh, that's pretty much 100% right there. I don't see any changes on, on that side of the football for sure.
1: Agreed. I mean, he has Desmond Ritter in place, Bijan, Drake. Okay, you go with Matt Collins, that's fine. Uh, KP, Janu. I mean, all of it makes perfect sense. I think right. it was more on the defensive side of the ball where it's like, okay, that's really oh, yeah. interesting somewhat. <laughs> I mean, Calais Campbell, obviously, that that's a no-brainer. Grady. David on Yamada. Absolutely. I could go with Lorenzo Carter in that space, mm. assuming that say Ade doesn't get to where we always thought that right. maybe he was gonna get, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think Troy Anderson, that's fine for me, but I'm honestly hoping that Michael Walker gets back to Michael Walker form. Because right. to me, if Michael Walker gets back to his original form, that's the best case scenario for the Falcons.
0: Right.
1: That's just what I think. I agree with the rest of it. Caden Ellis, you know, AJ Terrell that you put. Um, okay. Put in Mike Hughes, Jeff Okuda. Okay, fine. Um, mm-hmm. Jesse Bates and Richie Grant. I mean, I think for the most part, I, I can agree with, with where NFL.com kind of goes with their starting lineup on the defensive side. Maybe I think the, again, only in the space of maybe the linebacker core is where Perfect. maybe I would say I might switch a few things around.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that it's going to be the one thing about that, that whole edge piece, right? I think it's yes. going to be a little bit more competition than, than some would believe because I, think so. I said last year that Lorenzo Carter isn't a starter for me. I'm just, I, right. I just because can't you and come I both conclusion. wondered if we were kind of err on the side of he's not coming back. Yeah, yeah, we I thought that. Surprised. Yeah, he was. He, you know, he gave you something, in, yes. you know, at least to consider him, and it, obviously they felt like I guess it wasn't enough out there for them to to pursue that they can get because they had a number in mind that they wanted to spend on that particular spot. So I think that you know right now this is what they have and just looking at it like Bud Dupree maybe could possibly potentially because essentially he has the nickel uh, nickel formation so to speak right on there and i don't if if Lorenzo Carter is in on third and long at at that edge spot there's a problem that is a huge problem because that means you got guys that a guy that you brought in and Bud Dupree and a guy you drafted in the second round and traded up for on the Abekati if he's not there on, in there on third and long t the Falcons are in trouble. But the, right, but that's the
1: interesting thing where like, you know, depending on the day of the week and the depth chart you look at, right. AK is put all over the place, but I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting as well. And that's why I kind of went with, okay, you know, the last depth chart I saw that had Ade sitting behind Low, right? Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I said, okay, where's AK in all this? And mm-hmm. so I think it's very interesting because what i read from that what i take away from that with the various depth charts i've taken a look at is nobody really knows what to expect because we saw flashes especially in the beginning of the season and then i don't know just kind of went away and so but maybe having someone like a campbell and one more year partnering with grady jarrett maybe Mm -hmm. that helps to get him to where he needs to be to see the potential that you and i both saw when we said hey he would be a, sec- a good second-round pick. He'd be somebody that you might want to trade up to get to.
0: Yeah, and, and, I, th- and I think that, you know, that second-year jump is what all coaches are looking for. And I, I hope that, like you said, like you said, Lorenzo Carter is on third and long in that, in that opener against Carolina. The Falcons got some problems. Uh, <laughs> they got some huge problems, and we're talking about they want he wasn't the guy that they thought that he was when they draft when they traded her for him in the second round la in last year's draft. Now one thing, one, one well, quick thing that I want I want to touch on, like and I've been seeing this a lot t or in a couple of articles and you know a couple of NFL prognosticators they were saying like he also said that the Falcons might be interested in trading for Ryan Tannehill. Excuse me, like, like, like. In what world? I was just, yeah. <laughs> in what world would the Falcons be interested in trading for Ryan Tannehill, like, T? Right. Like, I almost wanted to stop reading the article at that point. But, yeah. you know, like I you know, so I want to do my due diligence and, and go through the whole thing. But, sure. but, yeah, I thought that was weird. That was so yeah. weird. Why would somebody even think that?
1: Yeah, I, I don't see the, the the reason for that because, again, unless Arthur Smith has had a come-to-Jesus conversation with Ryan mm. Tannehill that tells him, okay, you will, be, you will be unequivocally the backup. This is not a Marcus Mariota situation for you. You're coming in as That's the backup right. with really no opportunity to compete for the, the number one QB1. One. Why would Ryan Tannehill come here? He made it clear last year. He sees himself as a starter. I don't think anything has changed in the offseason. So right. I, I don't... Mm, that that's very interesting to me unless like I said there has been some change of heart with him where he accepts his role as a backup QB and understands that pretty much the only way you're going to see QB one reps is if Desmond Ritter goes down
0: yeah absolutely and, and I think that you know Taylor um T- Tyler Tyler Taylor Taylor, Taylor yeah Taylor Hone, Taylor is getting paid backup money. so exactly he is <laughs> <Yeah>. serviceable <laughs> as yes. a backup yes absolutely so I, I think that and
1: accepting as a backup
0: Yep, exactly. He understands what his role is, and I think that Ryan Tannehill probably needs to come to that same conclusion as well. And I don't think it's going to happen in here in Atlanta. Now, speaking of, how about this T? You know, his playoff game went 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 down last night. Uh, the Miami Heat, who is the the eighth seed, and they won last night one twenty three to one sixteen, and get the dub and jimmy buckets does it again 35 points five rebounds seven assists and six steals t like what is it with this boston celtics team because they are so frustrating because they're one of the teams that i picked to go to the finals this year because i feel like they have the talent and they have a i guess a well enough coach you know to get it done because and i think that at the end of the day. The Joe's going out uh, the, 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 the Joe's gonna outrule the, the pros gonna always outrule the Joes, you know what I mean? And when it co- gets come to playoff time, because you depend on your guy, your go to guys, and guys like Jason Tatum and everything like that. So, but obviously this game is this this series is going seven. But do you feel that the Celtics are mentally tough enough to take out the, the Miami Heat?
1: yeah see that's the thing that concerns me because like you said normally pros versus joe's i'll give my edge to the pros except when the joes believe they're as good or better than the pros and right. the heat behind he the of jimmy butler <laughs> and the mindset <laughs> of eric Strews, Polstra, vincent <laughs> exactly and don't forget pat riley with the mindset of riley spo and buckets yeah, yeah they actually believe they are as good if not better because this is a team they don't care that they're number eight in their minds they're the best team in the East. And they should have gone to the NBA Finals last season. It's the way they see it. That's a very, very dangerous team to have to play. And then you go on a 20-5 to 5 run at one point, Celtics, only to allow this team to then destroy you in the third yes. quarter. 46 <laughs> points? Destroyed. Destroy. Destroyed you. And then you <laughs> yeah. let one guy do what only one other guy has ever done in the history of NBA postseason play. Only Michael Jordan has had a 35-555-5. Stat line <laughs> and Jimmy Butler. This dude yeah. was out there wrecking folks saying, I don't really care what anybody thinks, what anybody says. We believe that we will win. And I said to myself, the Celtics are literally going to have to make a statement. And I don't care how they make it, Jarvis. They can mm. destroy the heat or they can gut it out and get a tough win at the end. But they have got to win game two, because I don't know if this team has shown the mental metal that it takes to come back from a two-zero deficit against the Heat. Maybe if they were playing the Bucks. Maybe if they were playing the Sixers in the Conference Finals. But the Heat have gotten in their heads. Yeah. The Heat have gotten in their heads, and I don't know until we see what they do in Game Two if they know how to get the Heat out of their heads. Right. Because yeah. anytime Jason Tatum is over in the fourth quarter after he destroyed the Sixers in the fourth quarter, and heck, he did damage against the Heat in the fourth. Excuse me, the Hawks. In the fourth quarter, you're over. You got no field goals. And this is the other piece that bothered me. Why do you only have 13 touches? Why in the fourth quarter? Somebody better find, oh, somebody better find number zero every (laughs) single time, especially because Jalen Brown was a little bit shaken up after getting hit. So Mm -hmm. somebody better find that guy and make sure you just get him the ball until he does what he did in the fourth quarter of game six, where he's just like, I suck, I suck, I suck. Okay, then I'm that dude. That's What I need to see, Jarvis. Oh boy, yeah, that, was, uh, that was tough.
0: To watch. I'm, uh, I'm so on um, with you. With, I'm with you on that because I really think that. Because at the end of the day, Miami Heat, they've done what they were supposed to do, they stole one on the road. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. And they've been road warriors because hey, at number eight seed, you're gonna have to go on the road for the rest of the doggone way, <laughs> regardless of how, you, how far you go. So I think that you know, there's gonna be something to keep an eye on as far as what's going to happen with this team and do they have and does the uh the Boston Celtics have the mental fortitude to pull this bad boy off and it's going to be interesting to watch um another thing speaking of mental fortitude how about this T you know the Braves pulled that series out last night and we're going to talk about a big reason why and it has to do with a decision that the Braves made right out of spring training but first I want to talk to you about built barb because this episode is brought to you by built bar and you know we've been doing our thing we've been, t and i we've been working out we're trying to do our thing and get our bodies right and we've been doing it. And I'm not going to talk about how I'm going to take my shirt off because I don't want nobody to get uncomfortable. I, I apologize for that yesterday. But Bill Barr is one of the reasons why I look like the way I do now. Because when I'm going to the gym, I'm going to go get that 17 grams of protein. I'm getting 100% real chocolate. And I got they got all the flavors that you want, too. So they have some really good flavors. They got the churro. They got the peanut butter brownie. All of those things there are, are right there for you. And it tastes good as well. Now. Here's the thing. We've been telling you guys about going to built.com to go buy yourself a bar, right? If you are a person that wants to go into a store, yes, physically go into a store. Yes, people still do that in 2023. All you got to do is go to Walmart. They got it right there just for you. And if Walmart has the four bar box, you know what I mean? If you want to just get your little per se to stick in your glove box so you can grab one when you're on the go. Or if you like me, I like the big boy box. I like to, you know, get, I like to load up. I like to have, I have a nice little supply. You can go to Sam's Club, and they have it right there for you. So, hey, if you want to um, get a good tasting bar and do what you need to do, go to com.
1: The Braves are sometimes on the struggle bus late in games, but they got off the struggle bus Wednesday night. They exercised that demon. They outscored the Rangers 3-0 in the last two innings and were able to render the Rangers scoreless in a 6-5 win end of that road trip. 2 and 3 of course they'll come back home. They're off today, come back and play tomorrow night. But man, how big was it to close out that road trip just on a positive note?
0: Yeah, it was it was huge. And and when you when you think about like what like how they got there right because there were two things that really stood out to me in this game. Like the first thing was the fact that Orlando Arcia well, hit the hit the um the basically the game winning what well, it ended up being the game winning home run. so and and we th- think about what he has done t as far as what he brings to the table what people were thinking about him coming into the season and i just want to run a couple numbers like you know, you know i don't always get into the stats but i think this is very interesting like before Arcia got hurt he was batting 333 two home runs seven over your eyes and ops over 900 right 911 to be exact and then coming back from – after he came back from the injury, almost so similar, 355, two home runs, five RBIs, and OPS over 1,100. So I think that – and that speaks to the consistency, right? And not only are we getting the consistent play, the play that makes everybody at ease or defensively at that shortstop spot, which is the most important uh, defensive spot on the actual – especially in the infield and probably – overall as well. Um, and But and, but now you're bringing that over to the at the plate too, T, because the Braves saw something in that bat. They saw something in him. They thought that he, that he could bring a little bit more than what meets the eye and what the fans – especially the uh, fans' eye because you know, everybody was clamoring for Vaughn Grissom. But I think that he was the model of consistency last night, what he's been doing ever since he's been out there and been healthy. I I think that Orlando Garcia and another thing that put me at ease last night, T, was Rasiel Iglesias coming in. Before we the go there, before <laughs> yes. we
1: let, let's talk about that Arcea, because I think that there's another piece there as well. It goes to the bigger picture of what Alex Anthopoulos saw, because not only were there yeah. calls about Von Grissom, but there were also even calls for Braden shoemate to get the start for opening oh, yeah. day ahead of Arcia. Yes, And yet Absolutely. the Braves, when they came out and they... Made the the decision. That, hey, we're we're you know essentially giving him this contract, and we're going to we're naming him our starter. Everyone was like, oh well, I you mean, know, okay. So yeah. really, it wasn't even just the one person that was the shiny new toy. It was two shiny new toys that yes. everybody wanted. Oh yeah. But yet and still, it goes back to Alex Anthopoulos and his ability to kind of see the bigger picture and kind of play long ball. In mm-hmm. other words. One of the things about Dansby Swanson, even when he would have a swoon, is he would give you something somewhere. So if he was having a swoon at the plate, he was still going to be that gold glove type guy at shortstop. Mm -hmm. Uh, If he was having a few little issues defensively, he was going to be on one at the plate. But for the most part, he pretty much was solid in both areas consistently. So if you have to part ways with someone like that, an all-star caliber player, then if you can't get all-star caliber at least get the consistency and that's what i think was most important both for what double-a saw and what brian snicker saw as well but once again we're here saying that he got it right and mm-hmm. so to your point same thing with riceel iglesias made everybody question exactly what it is that was going on with him mm-hmm. really made you wonder okay was he Pulled off the IL a little too soon, or was it a mental thing? Because sometimes when you've had an injury, you come back and you say, "Wow, I don't know." The the athlete says, "Wow, well, I don't know if I'm really ready until you know I get that first hit or I get something that you know that first chink." Not last night. He looked like himself. Got the save. Helped to the Braves to close this road trip out on a positive note, and I think that's important as well because again. When you could start counting on the guys that you know can bring the goods and then they actually deliver, that always makes you feel like, okay, we still got these holes in and around Mm -hmm. this roster, but if those guys who
0: I expect to perform, perform were good. Yeah, because at the end of the day, as long you don't have to necessarily worry about filling those holes, as long as everybody who's out there, if they're doing what they're supposed to do, like those holes will get taken care of. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, or put a band aid on it, or however, however yeah. you want to, uh, whatever analogy you want to use. But I, I think that, you know, if those guys, and especially, with, like we ain't even talked about nephew, nephew yeah. who's homered in four consecutive games. So I think that when you have though that that type of star power up and down that lineup like you do, and the guys that you know that you do have out there on the mound in that starting rotation doing what they're supposed to do, I think I think the Braves will be perfectly fine. And I think that you know we have to kind of understand and remind ourselves that sometimes because I know I, I know me too, I get a little concerned sometimes when it comes to this team.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I I think that's understandable because you don't want to see in the Braves what we're seeing in the Mets right now where oh. they go out and they spend all this money in the offseason, oh, and man. they're, they're looking like the team that wants to avenge what happened to them last season. And they are in more than a swoon right now. Yeah. You don't want to become that team. Also, you're looking at the Phillies who they get a guy like Bryce Harper back, although we know what happened, but anyway, they get mm-hmm. Bryce Harper back and all of a sudden they're on your heels. Five games is not a really big deal as a lead this early in the season. So yeah, it's understandable that you might have a little pause, like, wait a minute, what's going on? Is this going to be a trend, or is this, just, are these just a few bumps in the road as we deal with injuries? That's understandable. But as long as, mm-hmm. hey, look, patchwork it however you want, to patchwork it and get it done. And even as Spencer Strider, yeah, he got roughed up last night. We're not used yeah. to seeing him give up four runs in six innings. And as I called it, a pedestrian seven batter struck out for him. That's <laughs> right, pedestrian. exactly. On <laughs> any day. But the yeah. good about him was the fact that he somehow – Righted the ship later on and was able to hang in there for six innings. Very, very important because then you don't have to cha- tax Jesse Chavez or Nick Anderson or Rysel Iglesias the way you have been taxing them. Right, and those yeah. guys were able to deliver, especially Nick Anderson. Great night from him. He goes, you know, just one inning, but he didn't allow any earned runs, and he got a strikeout. He got a strikeout when it was most important. So to me, that was another very positive takeaway from Wednesday night's series finale, that Brian Snicker, he used the entire bullpen to win, but he didn't have to use the entire... It was like, hey, you pitch your inning or you pitch your two-thirds and get out of there. That's what you want. Get a day off and then reset tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and I think, like you said, you get... That I think that day, day off is going to be key, too, because like when you're talking about coming off a long road trip and and not necessarily performing like you wanted to, because that, that Toronto series still kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. I'm still thinking about that, having yeah. nightmares about all those former players' sons and Hall of Famer sons that they have on that roster over there. But I, I think that this kind of cleanses the system, it, right? Because you win the last series, you get a chance to come home, you got a 10-game home um home trip, and I think that – this is going to be an opportunity for the Braves to kind of right the ship at home because we know they've been excellent on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that when you look at their home record, it's just like, all right, now this needs to be a little bit better. So, uh, you know, with Bryce Elder, um, um, being on the mound, coming up i think this is going to be something that hey it's going to be really good for for the Braves to do once they come back and, and get and get things going on on on, on at at a um not turn a wow the truest part <laughs> oh, excuse me it too. yeah you wow back, way right? back sorry about that <laughs> no no it's okay it's okay
1: and yeah i think it's important too because Tomorrow, like you said, you get Bryce Elder on the mound, and that's a positive, but it could be some Bryce on Bryce crime because you also are facing Bryce Miller. And when you look at his ERA, we're talking about a mm. .47. And we're talking about a guy who in his two wins have had has had 18 strikeouts. Those are some Bryce, Eesh. yeah, those are some Spencer Strider type numbers. So, Eesh. yeah, you definitely wanted to be able to walk away from that series on top. And not just on top, by the way, you wanted to be able to walk out with – The opportunity of knowing that your bats are getting back to form so the one that we it's almost it's funny to me because when i say this i say this tongue-in-cheek but it's like we don't talk enough about ronald acuna jr (laughs) but i feel like i say that tongue-in-cheek because it's almost like the five tools are so consistent every single night that we almost take it for granted like he he had another home run last night ten home runs on the season and we're just looking around like, oh, okay. No, 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 no. Good job, yeah. Ronald. How many yeah. of these 400 and what? But yeah, yeah. You, if yeah. you keep getting from him, that's another one who's consistently giving you what you need in that leadoff position, then that is absolutely another thing that you want to take back. And finally, what we've been saying for a while as well, anytime you see Austin Riley make good contact with the ball, have we not been talking about him, Jarvis, for the last yeah, yeah, four or yeah. five or so games?
0: Yeah. He's – and that's and that's what you want because, what I think since April 19th – I saw a stat where he said since April 19th he would have been batting 190. So, for him to start to get those – yeah, I think he started in the, in the uh, Toronto series where he got a couple of singles. You're starting to see him warm up a little bit. Then he became a part of the five home run game as well. So, all of those things kind of are starting to add up. And I think that now that they're coming home, I think he's going to be able to kind of catch a little fire because we know – like the start of the season when he was in that three hole T that was a great look. <laughs> that was a great look. And I think that, you know, now that he's kind of moved around a little bit and, and Snickers kind of played around with the lineup, I, I think he's starting to get that confidence back. And once Austin Ryder gets, gets going, you talk about a murderous role type lineup.
1: Yeah. You're getting back to it. So yeah, now he's up to 246 21 RBI and seven home runs on the season. And, The good of that is he's been creeping up in those last four or five games. So trending up is always a good thing. And we always trend up here on ATL Day Ones anytime our everydayers are checking for us and supporting us and putting comments in giving us that feedback when you go to YouTube and you watch our show. So we appreciate you for that. Yes. And, of course, whenever you go wherever you download your podcast and you download us, we appreciate that, too. So don't forget, or drop us comments. We, every now and again, will mention those comments on air just to let you guys know we are listening and that we appreciate what you have to say as well. But don't forget, when you watch ATL Day Ones, don't need to watch it by yourself. Make sure you tell a friend to watch ATL Day Ones as well.
0: But, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. Oh, it saddens me to talk about this, uh, Nitro because when you think about the uh, staples in Atlanta, Chick-fil-A is definitely one of them. And now we just got news that the first Chick-fil-A that opened up in the city of Atlanta is about to close down, T. What is going on? What happened?
1: Yeah, this makes me really sad because it reminds me of the Chick-fil-A back home in Louisiana that closed. So right. back in the day, this was before Chick-fil-A was a thing, back before chicken sandwiches were popular.
0: Mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A
1: was put in our little mall. I, you know, yep, in the son,
0: mall. Little, yeah. it's not a strip mall,
1: it's our mall. But anywho, it was put yes. in the mall and we were all like, chicken sandwiches, like who does that? Right. But. Slowly but surely, we were like, oh, this is kind of good, right? And then it just became a staple. But then we ended up uh, building out this now epicenter of the city, MLK Drive, it's called, back home. And that owner decided to put his Chick-fil-A on MLK Drive. And I understand. I absolutely understand. But it still saddens me every time I go to the mall. I'm like, oh, the first ever Chick-fil-A is, you know, in my mind, it's gone. So I can only imagine here in the home of Chick-fil-A where it all started, how that must make people feel.
0: Yeah, it's 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 truly unfortunate because, like especially at, at Greenbrier Mall, and, and I know some people feel a certain type of way about Greenbrier Mall. That's all. That's all well and good, but the I grew up going to going to going to that mall, and I have fond memories of going into that mall and, and going shopping because that was the mall that was deemed that hey, you want to get you some nice shoes, you know, a couple places you can go. You go Greenbriar Mall, South Dakota Mall, and Walters Downtown. So. I, it is, it's definitely a staple and it is just truly unfortunate that, uh, that, you know, we have to, you know, say goodbye, but you know, there's still a couple of locations in in the area, you know, Camp Creek area. They still have one over there. So oh, yeah. No yeah. Doubt. So people can still, you know, get their, their Chick-fil-A fix. Although, um, if they want, what's that?
1: If you want to go to Camp Creek, just make sure you have about 20 good minutes because you're going to sit and sit and sit at that Chick-fil-A. So just be prepared. This will not be a Greenbrier experience. But also, I just wanted to (laughs) add to what you said. Uh It really is disappointing because in the general scheme of things, that tells you how shopping is on that Southwest side of town period, because oh, I just went yeah, to gee. the gym a couple of days ago. 100%. That's yeah. my secondary planet fitness location. And I just look to my right every time. And I'm like, that's such a sad commentary to think yeah. about what that mall is as opposed to maybe Southwest cab where they're actually trying to revitalize it. So yeah, yeah, that's also what the closing of that Chick-fil-A means to me. Like oh God, the commentary around that entire space.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be one of those things where, you're going to look back and you're like, man, they could have done anything to save that doggone place. <laughs> so, but yeah, but like I said, it's like, the more and more, the older that I get to you, the more I realize like, there are a lot of things that are probably going to go away within the next five to 10 years. And I'm probably going to have to start getting used to it, but it just sucks that I have to. <laughs> but um, another thing real quick, T, before we get out here, I got to bring this up now. There is a nice little meme out there that's floating around where it got uh, it lists all the movies that came out in each year in the nineties, the right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so for those who have watched this program and understand, it's probably about to be a real quick talking sex uh, me because if we talk about movies, it, it's a nature. Uh, they just don't go together sometimes. <laughs> Not even in the same sentence, paragraph, <laughs> chapter, or book. So I will answer first. All right. So here we, here we go. So there is obviously my most the most my most favorite movie in the '90s of all time is it happens to be Friday. So and that's in came out in 1995. So it has Friday, Bad Boys, super solid movie, Mortal Kombat, eh, Jumanji, and then Power Rangers in the movie. I did even I haven't even seen Power Rangers movie, but like going through any of those, T. What is some of your favorite movies i ain't gonna even say what year because you know have probably seen like two out of all the five that are listed but uh what are some of your favorite movies that are listed on, on on that list
1: so you're saying if i get this right you're saying the 1995 option of those 90s movies that 1995 is your year
0: if you yeah, if you're I, I, year. Love friday. I love okay, friday okay no, no.
1: i was just yeah, clarifying that's friday, fine yeah. that's fine because or 1990. You,
0: or nineteen okay, ninety. No, no, no. no. Yeah. Let's stick
1: let's stick with ninety-five.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, because you okay. would be proud of me, because okay.
1: in sticking with ninety-five, I agree with you because okay, okay. miraculously I have seen four of those five movies. Oh wow. Bad Boys, oh, Jumanji, and Power Ranger. Okay, all right, yes. okay. Oh, and I man, actually look. know what Mortal Kombat is. I've never seen it, don't want to, but I don't. <laughs>
0: Oh, so, yeah, I was excited about like, oh my God. Movie, Yeah. There's I a year yeah. yes. where <laughs> I saw
1: four movies. Now, granted, people, don't get too excited because we all know I didn't see it in 95. <laughs> of course. I mean yeah. we all know I saw man. it when I saw it.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, because we know how you get down when it comes yeah. to movie watching. I was probably it. channel
1: surfing and saying, Oh, wow, let me except bad boys. That's the only one I went to the theater to see. But everything else, oh, yeah. probably, yeah, yeah, I was channel surfing. It was like, oh, Friday. I think I did see Friday. So, yeah, maybe I was good that year. Okay, man, yeah. Two of them in the theater and two channel surfing. Okay, good. There I am. Nice. There it is. Yeah,
0: Like, man, today, what is today? May the 18th, we found out that Tanisha actually does watch movies. Yeah, there yeah. Go.
1: It, yes. It's the same ones all the time,
0: over and over. <laughs> but I do
1: watch movies. But you know what I really like watching? I like watching the movie that is LeBron versus the Joker. What is going to happen in game two? Are we going to see the Nuggets actually take a 2-0 lead to L.A., or are we going to see the Lakers be able to split this series? You know, it's interesting for us, Jarvis, because we talked about this yesterday and whether or not Mike Malone can make the right adjustments that Darvin Mm -hmm. Ham obviously made or – is darvin ham actually figured it out we'll also talk a little bit about the braves return home yes. they end the road trip on a high note that is exciting for us and if anything else comes out of flowery branch you know where to find out about it every day dayers you find out about it right here because Jarvis and i bring you the good good each and every day so don't forget to stop by tomorrow because we'll have a little bit of fun for you and we might actually have a surprise for you too check us out uh-
0: Absolutely. And we want to thank you guys for rocking with us Monday through Friday, each and every day and making us your first listen. And also we want to give a special thank you for all of our everydayers. We appreciate you. And if you are an everydayer, drop it in the comment box. We appreciate that. Um, you know, we love you guys for that. You know, I mean that sincerely. All right. How about this? All right, guys, we ask you that you make sure, make sure if you don't do anything else for the rest of the day. Make sure that you share love show love, and most importantly, spread love.